Morning. It's nice to see you all. We are going to open our service this morning uh, by singing hymn number 159. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Bow down before him, his glory proclaim with gold of obedience and incense of lowliness. Kneel and adore him, the Lord is his name. Dear Lord, God, our Father, we thank you for all the many ways in which you continue to bless us. We thank you for the fellowship that we share with you and with the Lord Jesus and with each other. Lord, we pray that as we are brought together this morning to remember the love you have shown us through the sacrifice of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we will find peace and power and the will to live our lives like the Lord Jesus Christ showed us. Lord, help your love to break through all the, the trials and tribulations that we face day by day. Bring us peace and contentment, Lord, and bring us the desire to love our neighbour as ourself. Help us in all that we say and do, Lord, from this day forth, bring you glory. We ask this prayer through Jesus. Amen. Tony's asked me if I will do the pastoral prayer, which I'll do so in a moment. The care news today from Rosie. Mary is still having great pain in her leg. She's now on some new medication, but so far this hasn't helped. The results of the test have all been good, but she's still really poorly. She and Jack really do appreciate all the help that they've been given. Sheila has also been very poorly all week with uh, cellulitis in her leg and also some bad flu symptoms. She's had a course of antibiotics and is hopefully on the mend. Marion, it's good to see you here today. We know that your condition doesn't make life easy at times. We do want to help you as much as we can, so it's good to see you today. It's good to see Anna as well and Dave and Baby. Our thoughts are obviously with you both and also with Hannah and Ollie who aren't here today. Um, if there is anything else you'd like us to pray about this morning, please let me know now. Mark. So you say your brother, Nathan. John. Okay, so that's everything. If you'd like to bow and join me in prayer. Most high and holy God, our Father, your children bow before you now as we approach you in prayer. Mindful of our family, of your children, who are struggling, are finding things difficult, need your special care, need our special care at this time. Lord, you've you hear everything we say. You've, you've just heard the people we've talked about just now. You know them all individually. You know the circumstances they face. You know the difficulties in their lives. You know what they need. 
And Lord, we just pray that your kind, loving hand is upon them and that you give them what they need to get through these hard times. Lord, we pray for Jack and Mary. You know how much work they've done in this church over their lives. And now, seeing them face difficulties and hardships. Father, make sure we don't neglect them or forget them. Help us to do all we can to help them through this time. Lord, we pray for Sheila, that her leg is healed and the course of antibiotics works and she's soon back up and feeling well again. Help Andrew to care for her and all of us to keep in touch with Sheila. And Lord, it's always encouraging and good to see Marion here. I guess we only never know a little of what she suffers and how hard her life can be at times. Thank you for the blessing of Marion. And thank you for the new children that are going to be born to us soon. Father, give their parents all the strength and encouragement they're going to need over these next few weeks and months. As those children come into this world, help us to give whatever care and attention we can to those children to keep them safe and to help them grow up knowing you, Lord. And Lord, we, we celebrate and rejoice in the engagement of Rachel and Nathan. Father, bless them as they make their plans for their future together. Help them to continue on the path that they're on and to continue to know you and to love you. And Father, we pray for, for Paul in his depression. Lord, lift him up out of that depression. We know that Jerry is finding that difficult and she's also having to look after her mum as well at the moment. So many people in this world have struggles and difficulties put upon them. That is part of this world, Father. And we get through it trusting in you and relying on your strengths and not our own strengths. Help us to hold on to that each day, Father, we pray. In Jesus. Amen. Our readings this morning will be Psalms 128 through to Psalm 130, which Lucy will read, and then Luke chapter 6, which Derek will read for us. Psalm 128. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labour. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots round your table. Thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem and may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Psalm 129 They have greatly oppressed me from my youth. Let Israel say they have greatly oppressed me, oppressed me from my youth but they have not gained the victory over me. Ploughmen have ploughed my back and made their furrows long, but the Lord is righteous. He has cut me free from the cords of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be turned back in shame. May they be like grass on the roof, which withers before it can grow. With it the reaper cannot fill his hands, nor the one who gathers fill his arms. May those who pass by not say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. 
Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Therefore you are feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. One Sabbath day, Jesus was going through the cornfields and his disciples began to pick some ears of corn, rub them in their hands and eat them, eat the grain. Some of the Pharisees asked, Why are you doing this? What is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath he went into the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? He looked round at them all and then said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He did so and his hand was completely restored. But they were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose twelve of them, whom he also designated apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who, are, who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil 
because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their fathers treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. And woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who ill-treat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even the sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A student who is not above it, a student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your eye. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars, The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He's like a man building a house who dug down deep and made the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it, because it was well built. 
But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck, that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. Thank you. Over the last few months, I'm guessing our world has become a little bit more vulnerable. Global warming, credit crunch. And I have been a party to conversations where people say, oh, what is going to happen next? And in that there is an interesting point, because out of our vulnerability come our perceptions on life and our vulnerabilities to some extent define how we are and who we are. It is important that we understand the position in which we find ourselves and it has to be an accurate understanding. Jesus understood if you like, his vulnerabilities. And in this chapter, he teaches us how to deal with those vulnerabilities. Luke chapter 6 has an inordinate amount in it. And I sort of, we'll sort of focus on one part of it really. We just, if you look at verse 6, and we read, on, an, on another Sabbath he went into the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? He looked round at them all and then said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was completely restored. But they were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. Religious leaders of the day, leaders of the people who did not recognise the glory of the Son of God and rather than rejoice in a healing, planned the downfall of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because they felt vulnerable. They are control freaks and I understand them a little bit because so am I if you know me well then you will probably understand that I do not do risk and I do not do out of control and if you find me in either of those situations then please beware because I do not react well. The Pharisees had built up around themselves a religion 
that was somewhat different from what God had intended and the Lord Jesus Christ cuts all the way through it and they cannot hack it they cannot deal with it the Lord Jesus Christ was vulnerable and he knew his vulnerabilities and what does he do? He ensures that his relationship with God is all that it can be. Luke chapter 6 verse 12 One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. It's a single verse which is there in a sense part of just some information to describe what Jesus has done. But in that one verse, we begin to understand the sort of relationship that Jesus has with, with his Father. He spends all night praying. And it's not the only place in Scripture where we, will, we read of Jesus doing this. And it's this devotion to the relationship with his Father that enables Jesus to deal with the issues that his mission has called him to deal with. He teaches the disciples, and it, at verse 20, we've got these words. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven for that is how their fathers treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. Well, that's a cheery set of verses. I won't ask for a show of hands, but we can have a virtual show of hands. If you think you're rich, stick your virtual hand in the air. I think I'm, I mean, I'll just stick it up anyway, just so you're not on your own. Are you well fed? Yeah, plus some probably. Do you laugh? It has been known. Do men speak well of you? It has been known. <laughs> Woe to you that makes no sense does it that does not make sense Mark chapter 10 verse 17 as Jesus started on his way a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him good teacher he asked what must I do to inherit eternal life why do you call me good Jesus answered no one is good except God alone you know the commandments do not murder do not commit adultery do not steal do not give false testimony do not defraud honor your father and mother teacher he declared all these things I have kept since I was a boy 
Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have measure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. What does it say? Blessed are you who are poor. Well, if it's good to be poor, why does Jesus encourage this wealthy man to relieve poverty? That makes no sense. When Jesus is talking about... uh, the sheep and the goats, Matthew 25. We read, uh, Then the king will come to say uh, to those on his right, uh, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for the one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. What did we read? Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. So why are the righteous being blessed for relieving hunger? Because we're not talking about physical wealth. We're not talking about worldly things. We're not talking about material things. Jesus is teaching about spiritual things. Jesus is teaching us that if the things of this world get in the way of our relationship with God then we are in trouble and I know from personal experience if you don't like taking risks and you like being in control it can get in the way of following the Lord Jesus Christ because if I don't quite know where I'm going I don't want to start that's what this is saying about a year ago at work I was having a particularly difficult time and was out of control. I was not a happy chappy. But interestingly, in my vulnerability, I could see the vulnerability in other people. And you ask Luce later what I was like during that time. And I was a better and a nicer person. Now, I'm not saying that would necessarily work for everybody. But in, I can see in this, in my life, how when I was made to be vulnerable, then I was a better person. 
And it's not saying that we have to suffer. But if we suffer and it brings us closer to God, then we are blessed. If we are blessed and it takes us away from God, then we're in trouble. Jesus was vulnerable. And if we follow his life through the Gospels, we can see that his mission cost him his life. Yet he was able to contend that all he had to deal with because of his relationship and his faith in God. And we gather this morning to remember the love which God has demonstrated to us in the giving of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will take bread and some wine in a moment to help us remember what God has done for us. And it is intended from this remembrance that we know and understand what God has done for us. So despite our human vulnerabilities, spiritually we are strong and are able to do God's will. God loves us. The followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, in human terms, sometimes are blessed, sometimes suffer. And it is sometimes difficult because of the situations in which we find ourselves to always keep a focus on heavenly things. And I think in Luke chapter 6, Jesus says more than anything that the spiritual things are significantly more important than human and material things. And he says that's where your focus needs to be. So if you're reasonably well off and you have a laugh every now and again and you're not hungry, Luke chapter 6 is not about putting a downer on you, but it's about reminding you that your focus is that of service. And if you then wander through the rest of the chapter, it talks about loving each other. It's about putting these things into practice. It's about being a servant, not judging. Building your house on solid foundations. Such was the love for us that God has. He sent his son. His son was determined, determined to do his father's will. And the only way he was able to do that was by developing a perfect relationship with his father. If we develop a perfect relationship with our Father, then we too will be able to fulfill the purpose that we were created for. The bread and the wine remind us of how desperate God is for us to succeed. 
John will come and lead our prayer for the bread after we've sung uh, from the, the church hymn book number 222. When my love for God grows weak, when for larger faith I seek, then in thought I go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Holy Father, Holy Father, thank you. Father, you give us everything we need. You give us our homes and our families and our friends and you give us the church, you give us love, love, Lord. Your love, which most of the time we don't understand, but the love of each other, the love of family, thank you. And it's through those people that we learn about your love and how you feel about us, Lord, thank you. And Father, thank you, you give us food, you feed us. Father, we read about the holy food. You provided David and his companions. Holy food. And you provide holy food. For us too. Father, I had breakfast this morning and my guess is that all of us had breakfast, or probably all of us. Thank you for that, Lord. And thank you for lunch and tea and all the other meals that we have. Lord, we're going to take some bread now and eat it. I pray that this will not be our breakfast. But maybe it is. Maybe it's us breaking our fast of you, Lord Jesus. Lord, don't let us do that again. We read about being hungry, Lord Jesus. Help us always to be hungry for you. I know, Lord, you don't kind of zap us or sort of do something to us that somehow magically we're never hungry for you again. I know that it's something that comes from us. But I know too that you work with us and on us and in our lives so that we will be hungry for you. And I know that sometimes that is painful. But Lord Jesus, don't let us Don't leave us to become just too hungry and to fast of you. But help us to be hungry for you always. And to come to you always and to feast on you always. And to build a relationship with you and with you, Father. And to know you and to reach out for you and find you. This is just a little bit of bread. But thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, let it be a reminder of something much, much greater and more wonderful.
Thank you, Lord. Amen. A symbol of the body of Jesus given for us. Alex will lead our thanks for the wine. If you, O Lord, kept the record of sins, O Lord, who could stand, but with you there is forgiveness, and therefore you are feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. Father God, I desire you. I desire you, Lord Jesus. And I desire that forgiveness that you freely offer. Because I know that with forgiveness, it brings healing. Lord, this morning as we bring ourselves, as we bring each other to your feet, Lord Jesus, for healing to be washed clean by your blood represented in this cup of wine that we share together we've heard words of yours Jesus in in Luke 6 you say that suffering isn't optional that if we haven't suffered then we probably will so Lord I pray that as we take this living water that will become in us a spring of water welling up to eternal life that sharing this will cleanse us will heal us so that we are prepared so that we are able and willing to use those times when we do suffer to build a stronger relationship with you Lord Jesus with you our Father God that those times of suffering will build a stronger love for you Lord heal our spiritual brokenness so that in response out of the love we have for you Lord God the love we have for you Lord Jesus we will live lives that honour you and serve you and give you glory Lord God Father, thank you for this opportunity to heal. This opportunity to remember that victory that Jesus won on our behalf. That victory that's shown in the wine that represents his blood. Thank you for this wine. In the saving and victorious name of our loving Lord Jesus. Amen. This cup a symbol of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. When I took uh, Jessica to school on Friday morning, it was uh, because it was comic relief. They could 
dressing what they like and whatever. There were a few jokes flying about. I don't know if you heard. Have you, you the one about uh, the number six? Why was why was six upset? Because seven, eight, nine. I mean, I've heard this a million times now. So I was there. Jessie was writing out the joke that she was going to stick on a card, and uh, a little boy came up and said, uh, "Why was a six upset?" I know, I know. Because eight, nine, ten. And I, actually, I thought that was a little bit funnier, really. I mean, it's sort of the same joke, but it's sort of different. Our perception of God, there is only one God, and there is only one truth. Our perception of that truth is inextricably defined by who we are and how we live. Our perception of God, I suspect, is more likely to be significantly different to some of the people that we uh, saw on Friday night watching Comic Relief in Africa, say, where one child every 20 seconds dies of malaria. The Pharisees had a different perception of God. We all, we all do it. We all can't help but do it. But it does not detract from the fact there is only one God and there is only one truth. And our mission is to find that truth. One passage from Luke 6 is what I'd like us to finish with I like I like to know how things work and if you like often if to know how things work you need to be able to measure there's a measure in here which when I read it sort of struck me and it's just something I just would like to leave with you really it's verse 43 from Luke chapter 6 which hopefully can be a guide on how we are doing in finding the truth of God no good tree bears bad fruit nor does a bad tree bear good fruit each tree is recognized by its own fruit people do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. John will close our service with a prayer after we've sung our, our last song which is number 220 from praise the Lord uh, Lord of all power Lord of all power I give you my will in joyful obedience your tasks to fulfill your bondage is freedom your service is song and held in your keeping my weakness is strong Almighty Lord God we're truly thankful to you that we've been able to come to this place this morning we've come here Lord without any fear of arrest or persecution 
or ridicule. And because it's been and always is so easy for us to come, we do confess that sometimes we can take things for granted and we can therefore devalue them. And in thanking you for the message and the wisdom and the evidence of the love of Jesus this morning, we pray you will help us and forgive us if in any way we do this in a perfunctory manner because it is so easy and convenient. We pray, Lord, we will always get things in proportion and that we will be able to increase the proportionate value of this wonderful family and the wonderful call to salvation which comes from no other source in the whole of our life, in the whole of our world. And therefore we pray that as we go to our other homes, you will help us to take with us the wisdom and the lovely things and the lessons that we have learnt this morning from Jesus, administered faithfully through Tony. Help us to take them away and not lock them behind, because if we leave them in this place, they will honestly be of little value to us. But help, them, help us to take them away. Bless us that they can be locked away in our hearts, so that as a result of what is in our hearts, both our mouths and our deeds will speak volumes of the beauty that has come from you and rests within us. We have been reminded of the need for peace and power. Help us, Lord, as we go, please, to appreciate the power of love and not in our own small, quirky ways give way to the love of power so that we can be, as your dear children, as brothers and sisters to one another and show the world that we have been with Jesus and the light of his beauty and glory emanates from the way we present our lives. Thank you so much for everything. Accept us and forgive where we fail, we pray, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.